This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crosshaw with me today. Chase, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday evening? I'm doing generally well, I guess. You know, they, I'm, you know, personally in terms of fantasy football type stuff, I'm happy because that's really what's going on for, for me personally today. So I'm happy in, in that aspect. But, you know, there's things that have gone on in the sports world, um, social media world that are less, you know, happy and welcoming, I guess I want to say. So, yeah, I could be doing better overall, but like, I'm doing all right. You're also a Lions fan. Yeah, I, I, I was just pretending that didn't happen. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, like, like, what, 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 what am I supposed to do at this point? That's a good point. I, like, sixty-six yard field goal. Yeah, I'm just gonna doink it. It's gonna go in favor into the freaking uprights when there should have been a delay a game the previous play anyway. It was a tough look. Uh, well, not a tough look because the team actually looked pretty good. And hey, I always talk about head coaches. You need to see that spark. At least in football, you need to see the spark within the first year, maybe two years if. Uh, it's it's just a late blooming coach. Maybe you see that spark in the second year, but if you don't see it in the first two years, it's not a good coach. Um, right now, looking decent. He's yeah. been competitive, and that's all you can really ask for for this terrible Lions team. Yeah, I mean it, it's a weak roster. So you know, week one it was really about the offense that really came together in the second half. Week two was about the offense playing well in the first half. Week three, it was about the defense really holding up for most of the game. The offense didn't really get much done. Anthony Lynn probably didn't game plan very well. Switch wasn't used the way he should have been really from the start of the game. But down the road, he was. And, you know, the adjustments were made, so you can kind of live with it. But the defensive game plan was rock solid. Uh, that horrible, horrible group kept the Ravens to 19 points. Uh, I don't care how injured the Ravens are. That's still a team that should be able to put up 30 on the Lions easy. So you, you got you to be happy with the result as a Lions fan overall. Like, you don't – like, I'm, I'm upset that they didn't win – but I'm happy to see that there is actual progress being made. There's actual like true optimism from a losing Lions team for the first time in a long time. Yeah, they they have a little bit of excitement there in the building with the staff and everything like that. But uh, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, my Bengals won. I don't care about you. I, I knew you were going to be fine. My Bengals won, so I'd love to see that. Uh, in fantasy, technically I'm 2-2, two and two, but in our Dynasty League, I am trying to lose as I have nine first-round picks in the next two years. Uh I lost there, so again, technically two and two, but really it's a three and one day. I'm loving it. Yeah, that's such a trash way to think. I, I, I yeah, I, I get you want to win, but like you're, you're still, the one you're who losing. you're the one who's legit saying that you want to trade away your players because you're winning, which is stupid. You shouldn't be. Well, I shouldn't be. That Ross is horrible. I, I'm starting KJ Osborne, and I, that's I such was a terrible to way to look at it. Be positive about your team actually getting wins. No, I'm happy that they're winning. I'd rather win than lose, but like at the end of the day, the reality is that team shouldn't be winning games. So if I can trade like Mike Williams, who's going off right now for a decent return, I, I got to do it. You can make a push. I mean, if if I if I'm three and one or four and one at some point, then I kind of feel obligated to because like, what's the point of going four and eight? That's a good point, but at the same time, what's the point of going for it and losing it in the first round? Pride. 
<laughs> All right, today on the Bolts broadcast, uh, we get to talk about a little bit of news. We're going to gripe more on the Jack Eichel situation, um, and then we're also going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Uh, Chase, I do have two quick questions for you before we get into the news, but before I even ask those questions, I do want to announce that Thursday's episode will be the last episode of Season 2. Starting next Monday, the... What is it? October 2nd, I think, or no, it's not even that it's October 4th, 4th. Yeah. October 4th will be the start of season three of the bolts broadcast. And all next week, we're going to be doing a bunch of predictions going to be predicting the Tampa Bay starting roster, the starting lineup, seeing what it's going to look like, uh, going to be predicting uh, schedule, not schedule, but like, uh, um, like league standings, league standings. There we go. That's exactly what I'm trying to go for. Uh, see where Tampa ranks amongst the opponents they have in their division and in the whole league. So a lot of predictions coming up. It's going to be very, very hockey oriented, which seems like that's going to be a first in months because there has not been a lot of hockey talk. No, there has not. Like off seasons aren't generally too busy in hockey anyway, but you think there'd be a little more news this time around for whatever reason there, there isn't though. So it'll be nice that we can finally get into that. You know, we don't want to do it too early and then just have something change. Maybe a trade happens or an injury happens, whatever goes on. Now, you know, next week we'll have a pretty good idea what rosters are looking like, um, or at least like possibly looking like. So we'll be able to make those predictions. Uh, you know, we we did pretty well last year, if I remember correctly. Like we had, I, I did really well because I I said the Hurricanes we, we were going to yeah, win the division, yeah, 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 and you were like, "There's yeah. no chance in hell," but somehow they did win it. I don't. Like, we pretty much got all the damn playoff teams right, is all I'm trying to say. So, you know what? Kick rocks. But, yeah, I definitely look forward to that content. Yeah, it's going to be good. But two quick questions, like I said. First, how was last night? Both got invited to a birthday party. Little drinky-poo action. I didn't end up going. You did. How was it? That was fine. I mean, there was only, like, six of us. There wasn't really a birthday party. It was more oh. just, like, a last-minute Get together. It happened to be someone's birthday as well. It was really all. It was just Bree's birthday. Then they're like, "Yeah, let's just do something really quick." So, yeah, whatever. I'll go over for a few. It was. I had a good time though. Did you get her a present. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> my, her present was my presence. Nice. Um, and then final question here: Hockey started. We had preseason action last night. We have preseason action tonight. I'll be honest and be the first one to say I have not watched any hockey yet. I was planning on watching the Seattle game tonight because it is in Seattle. They're versing the Vancouver Canucks. I'm like, hell, that could be a game I would actually be interested in. I want to see the jerseys on ice, everything like that. Uh, it's on Route NW or something, something I just can't get. It's like, why would you put the Seattle Kraken's first ever game? I don't care if it's a preseason game, but first ever game, why would you put it on just a local channel? Yeah, it's only being regionally broadcasted for whatever reason. I, I don't really understand. It, it's just the NHL doing NHL things. It really is. But have you watched any preseason hockey? I have not. I haven't watched preseason hockey yet. I've watched um, prospect camp hockey. I've watched some like um, training camp like practices and scrimmages. But like the preseason games, I have not watched yet, no. And then uh, I just remembered this. We should probably talk about it. Uh, the NHL, they are like sponsoring or in partnership with EA Sports's professional league. And Nasher is a commentator with that. But we were talking about it a couple nights ago, Chase. And we were both kind of shocked, like, oh, wait, the NHL is actually in partner with this professional league. So Nasher is actually an NHL employee. 
It's crazy that we don't know about that. I haven't seen any commercials whatsoever about hockey coming up. No, it's what the NHL does. They don't they don't market for shit. Like they're horrible. Their advertising is terrible. Their marketing campaigns are geared towards the older generation anyway, which really makes no sense because I've talked about it on the show before. You need to have the escalator fan approach where you're trying to get as many people on the escalator as possible and keep them on the ride as long as you can. You got to just pile people on. You got to target young audiences. The 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 audience, excuse me, that you need to target is really like that's watching the age that's watching like that Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel that really like seven to twelve range. That's where things really get imprinted in your brain. You know, I started playing hockey at eleven years old, and now hockey is my life. I, I got onto it late. Uh, that's where things like really start like just molding you and they hold on to you for the rest of your life if you're not trying to go after the audience you're not going to build a lot of lifelong fans and the one thing that stinks too is the games are kind of ass now too so uh, a lot of times games can get people into sports i know i liked hockey back in you know 09 010 i really first started getting into it but the games helped me become much closer with the game itself of hockey so uh you got bad games, bad video games. You got no advertising whatsoever. It's just a bad look for a sport that says they're trying to grow. Yeah, it, it it's just disappointing. I mean, it, it's I'm used to it at this point. Um, I'm you know I'm trying to break into the hockey world even at the level I'm currently working at. Like it's kind of a joke to me the way that we market ourselves, and I'm trying to kind of fix that image and trying to just recreate the way we do things because really it, it makes no sense. It's all just so outdated. It all could be so much more efficient, could be so much more productive, but it's just not. Yeah, and with football, I mean, we see commercials for Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football all the time. I felt like with hockey, we got those commercials for Wednesday night, Wednesday night rivalry, and then we also saw the playoff commercials. That's it. Yeah. So a uh, little disappointing there. Uh, will we ever see a change? Who knows? Uh, let's now talk about some news. Uh, you're going to have to help me out with this last name. I'm not too familiar. But Jalen Smirsik? Smirsik? Smirchak. Smirchak. Yeah, so J- Jalen Smirchak. Uh, funny enough, he actually played with Ryan Budnick in the Chowder Cup back oh, in 2015. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Buddy Vars. Yeah. Shout out, Ryan. I know you're not listening. Um, but so this uh, this Jalen Smirchak is a pretty serious thing, so... This happened, I don't know if it was today, last night, as of recording exactly when it was, but there was a game in the Ukraine League. That's where Jalen Smirchik is playing. Uh, and going against their opponent, Jalen Smirchik is a, a black hockey player, just in case you don't know. So their opponent, he did whatever arguments going on, and he the opponent decided to make a gesture of him peeling a banana and then eating it in front of his face. Um, first of all, Andre Deniskin, that, Denyskin is this guy's name. How fucking stupid are you to do some shit like this when you're on like a you're on a national stage like you're on a you're on a hockey game it's being broadcasted you're playing pro hockey you're at like even though it's not the NHL it's still the height of the game it's still a pro hockey you're getting paid to do this and you go pull some bullshit some garbage like this it's it's fucking embarrassing um, I haven't heard anything that's coming down from the league or the IHF yet but he's gonna get banned there's just no chance that he doesn't the league's already been saying some things but haven't actually done anything yet but. The fact that shit like this is happening in hockey, it really is, it's just horrible for the sport. You know, we, hockey as a whole really needs to, to target different demographics. It's a very dominated white sport, and there's a lot of just untapped potential in terms of fans and potential players around the world in different demographics that just don't get targeted, and shit like this is just going to turn them off from it. And we've seen shit like this before, and 
I don't know why we keep seeing it happen, but also I don't get like from this guy's perspective, what was that supposed to do? Like, was it just trying to like enrage him or something? Like I could come up with trash talk right now. That would be way more effective to anyone without having to deal with race or anything like that. Like I just, that, that gesture was not effective whatsoever. And whatever he was trying to do, it was just stupid. It makes him look like a fool. Like there's no point for it. I don't know. Yeah. Like there really isn't. And then this, this Andre guy, he tries to put out an Instagram post, um, just saying that like emotions are running high. Uh, and you know, I, I don't try to treat anyone equally, but in, in hockey, it's an emotional sport where I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine doing something like that out of, out of emotion. Like I I'd mm-hmm. call you a fucking loser or a piece of shit before I go and try to, you know, attack your race. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I also feel like, I mean, who just thinks of, Oh, let's gesture eating a banana. Who, who like thinks like that, like right on the spot. Oh, it's just emotion. Like, yeah, no, that doesn't no, feel no. like an emotional response. No. That that feels like a okay. I've kind of you know had um, history with doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. But, but this is the way I am. Yeah, Fuck, garbage. So uh, that's garbage. We wanted to talk about that real quick and talk about just how hockey we need to do better as a whole. So hopefully we get to see that happening soon. Uh, let's talk about the trade next, Chase. We've got Logan Brown and a conditional fourth. Uh, for Zach Sanford, and we talked about it briefly before hopping on the show. Zach Sanford really seems like a great player for, like you said, the Tampa Bay Lightning, for a for a playoff contender, you know, one of those big dogs. This is like a Blake Coleman, Barkley Gaudreau type of move. Not sure why Ottawa did it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, Logan Brown is someone who's very clearly not going to reach the ceiling he was drafted to be as. So he's got this incredible frame. He's a six foot six, two hundred nineteen twenty pound, you know, solid frame guy who's got a good set of hands, but he's afraid to get physical. He doesn't engage very well. He doesn't try very hard. So a change of scenery is probably just for the best. So you know, I, I'm not surprised at all that he was traded because he was not going to. I don't think he was to make centers out of training camp. I don't think he's part of their plans, and he's way eligible. So the trade makes sense. Goes to this new team, but I don't really see like why getting what you got in return having to give up a fourth as well to get Zach Sanford is the return that you're looking for, for someone who still clearly has talent. So if he can figure it out, he can be a good NHLer. Yeah. But like, yeah, just Zach Sanford would be awesome on the Tampa lightning. Zach Sanford doesn't do anything for the Ottawa senators. Yeah. And you talked about how Dorian said they're trying to go for playoffs. They're not rebuilding anymore, which maybe that's why he did the trade, but it's pretty obvious to everyone except for him that they're still definitely in a rebuild. They're two years out from we're a team to yeah we're we're out of the rebuild like no I don't think so. Also, I see a couple similarities between the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens, and maybe this is just reaching too hard. But the Ottawa Senators we saw make it to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins before they went on to win. I think it was their second cup, right? Twenty seventeen. And then just everything collapsed. And now we see Montreal. They made it to the uh, Stanley Cup. They get beat by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They lose Kakaniemi. Uh, they've got a lot of aging pieces with Shea Weber and Carey Price. Shea Weber's not playing this year, too. Jeff Petrie still. Like, aging pieces and pieces that won't be... I just... 
it feels like that's kind of the direction they're going, except a little bit more of a bright spot because they have Cole Caulfield and Suzuki and Romanov. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Um, I just really, in, in general, I just want to send my condolences to all the Canadian hockey fans out there because, like... I don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, as I was going to say, like, you're only team that really feels like it has a legitimate chance at like competing is the Winnipeg Jets and like how real even is that yeah I mean I think a lot of people would say Toronto and Edmonton yeah like because sure but but history will tell you absolutely not yeah like we've seen what Edmonton's ceiling is with their current roster they've added pieces that aren't going to change anything for them Toronto like they can't get any better than they currently are they don't have like the roster flexibility to do that like they they're just stuck where they are, and then Vancouver is going to be shit if they don't just suck it up and pay Pedersen and, and Quinn Hughes your literal two best players. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's just a shit show up, up north of the border for for some Canadian teams. Now, feel bad for you. And I don't even know what to do because like some of the teams we haven't mentioned, the Calgary Flames. Like I wanted to say, hey, the Calgary Flames at least they haven't done anything bad, right? No, they brought in uh, Daryl Sutter, <laughs> who you love as a coach, and. It just seems like every Canadian team is going in the wrong direction. And that's even including the Jets, who you said, you know, maybe they have a shot. But what was it? Two years ago, they seemed like an actual threat. And then their defense just absolutely gets absolutely obliterated when they trade away uh, Jacob Truba. They trade away, or not trade away, but they lose uh, Bufflin. Like, now their defense is ass. It's just bad up there. It really is. And... You know, I just had a thought about this kind of comparison in my head. The Calgary Flames are just a competitive Arizona Coyotes. Like, hmm. like they, they're not an actual legitimate, like, threat to anybody who actually means anything, but they're going to beat teams that are lower than them. But, like, there's only, like, four teams that are lower than them. Like, they're just perennially just fight for that last spot in the playoffs just to lose in five. That, that's all they are, or they just miss the playoffs by about seven points. That's fair. However, they were quite the threat. When I controlled them in NHL 14, I had oh Sven Barchese as the top dog. <laughs> he was a beast. I also got, uh, what was his name? Grant Weberman. Yeah, what a stud. Working at Dow Chemical now. I got him. He, he was a not a randomly generated player, but for some reason in this specific GM it, mode, so he was a four and a half star. Yeah, so what happened in the old Chell games is you could start from the draft when the draft class already happened, so it would be like two draft classes. Like how in the new Chell games, if you do an expansion, you just redo the 20, 20 draft, you know? It, it was the same thing, and so they had to have guys that were, like, good, so they just boosted potential on some random players, and he happened to be one. No, because he was in the Ekblad draft. And I was playing, it would have been the very first draft of the, not like the, like, draft you do immediately, you played through a season, and then he was there. So it was weird. I don't know why it did that. But every single other GM mode mm-hmm. I had, I looked for him, and he was always like a fifth-rounder, two-and-a-half star. Oh, okay. Weird that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe you just, like, went into my game and edited it or something. Doubt it, but maybe. Kind of like how you edited Jonathan Erickson to a 99. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like just like me. Yeah. All right, well, Chase, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side, we're going to talk about the Jack Eichel updates and, uh, geez, what a mess that is, as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. We'll be right back. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Quick thank you to DraftKings. Thanks for sponsoring the show. And uh, again, if you need anything when it comes to sports betting, make sure to go over to DraftKings. But Chase, let's talk about the Jack Eichel situation. Uh, he fails his physical. No shit, right? Yeah. And then he gets stripped of his captaincy. Yet the Sabres still won't let him get the surgery he wants. They still want him to get the surgery that they want. They just stripped him of the captaincy. What makes you think he's going to be coming back? That relationship is gone 100%. It's been gone forever. We've been talking about that. But now you strip that captaincy. It makes me think that they know the relationship's gone. So why not let just why not just let the dude do his own thing? I don't get it. The thing is, too, like the surgery they don't want him to have, the reason they don't want him to have is because there's like a 1% chance that it lim- like it kind of reels in his ability as a hockey player. Um, but it's going to be a safer surgery, like long term for his like health. He's not going to have no issues down the road. Where the one they want him to have, it'll help him be a good player now, but he could have some health problems here in 15, 20 years. And he wants to make you know the right decision for his body, and I, I don't, I don't blame him. I, I don't think anybody should blame him. So the fact that we are where we are now is just kind of a joke, kind of embarrassing, uh, just a waste of a talent. We're not going to get to see him in the Olympics anymore because of it. It makes me very, 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 very angry because the NHLers in the Olympics, the Americans, out Jack Eichel. That's bullshit. That's something that we all want to see. That automatically makes them a much worse team. So, you know, it's really annoying. I just, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I don't know if it's a Kevin Adams thing, if it's if it's a Pagula thing. I don't know what they should use, but it's one of those two. They need to just swallow their pride and tell the other, this has to happen. We got we got to just let them do a surgery and we got to trade them because, like, it, it's going to, it's, it is, it was too far two months ago and it's just gotten even further. And, the one thing you talk about, we're not going to see him in the Olympics. You might never see him in the Olympics at this point. Yeah. Like, if he's not going to be ready and healthy for this year, uh, another four years from now, who know who knows where he's going to be at in his career? And then, or even if the NHL players are going to be playing in the Olympics. Like, there's so many question marks around the future Olympics. What we do know is that if he was healthy, he would have been on the USA team this upcoming Olympics. He's getting that robbed from him because of the Buffalo Sabres. I tweeted out there, the Buffalo Sabres-Jack Eichel saga has to be one of the most mismanaged events in sports history. And I don't like the the term events, but I didn't know what term to use. So I just threw it out there like that. Uh, but 
like, can you think of anything, at least in our lifetime, we're just over 20 years old, think of any sports event, incident, whatever it is, where it's like, holy shit, this organization fumbled the bag, like, so extremely badly that it might ruin a player's career and might ruin the reputation of the team more than it's already been ruined. Like, I, I the only thing I can compare to it to Sean Watson, and it's a completely different situation, but it's still not a great great situation for for the team. So like, I I I don't know. Like, I I really, I want, can't think of one. Like, I I've been trying to think of something that really just like really parallels for me, and I just haven't been able to. Yeah, I I don't think there's one out there. The situation has been handled absolutely horrifically, and we've talked about it the last time that we talked about this specific situation that. Would not be shocked whatsoever if there's a lawsuit that happens that comes from this. Uh, not exactly sure what it would be. I'm not a law student or anything. I don't know everything when it comes to lawsuits and don't know the contract situation and, and all that. But I would not be shocked whatsoever if a lawsuit came from it. It's just, I, I don't really get it. The The Sabres are just holding back a guy they invested so much into. They're holding him back from even having a career. Yeah, and they really are, and it just, it really is just a shame. I really don't know what else to say on this, and I want to keep talking about it because, like, it needs to be brought up how ridiculous it is, but I just, I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But, Chase, let's now move on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Uh, on our other show, the We're Not Professionals podcast, uh, sports podcast, uh, we did predictions on this game. I predicted Tampa Bay. You took the Rams. Uh, I took Tampa Bay because I said I just refused to go against the GOAT. Uh, and speaking of the GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. I got it on there. How about <laughs> Let's it? Let's go. Uh, but, yeah, I, I refused to go against him because he's made me look silly. Like, I don't know, five of the seven times I went against him in the Super Bowl. So I was like, you know what? There's just no point to do it anymore. Well, I should have because the Rams were able to pull this one out. The Rams were home. They did have home field advantage, uh, although it's not very big because the Rams and the Chargers don't really have fans. But uh, it was a close game, 34-24, but it went in the way of the L.A. Rams. And the, the Rams have better fans, more fans than the Chargers, too. But, uh, but do they have fans? No, they got, they're hanging in. Um, but this, this was not because of Tom at all. Tom Brady looked fantastic in this game. He put up some big numbers, just didn't find the end zone quite as much as you would hope in this type of game. And really, what it came down to, it was just that the Rams didn't have any mistakes. They just flat out played a perfect game. They, they could not have played the game any better. And when the Bucks' offense was rolling, they were still able to minimize the damage and just keep them the field goals, keep them to you know, long drives and then capitalize on short drives for the Rams. Like they, they just did everything right. And dude, they look so good. Matthew Stafford in a Rams jersey is just MVP. <gasps> I put money on him <laughs> at the beginning of the season for MVP for a reason. He has looked every bit like the best quarterback in the league this year. I I, I don't want to hear another argument because like Mahomes is, is obviously Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. These guys are great quarterbacks, but they've been making mistakes. Mahomes just threw two picks today. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford. And lost. Yeah. Matthew Stafford literally looks unstoppable. The The life in his eyes is painful as a Lions fan because he never had that here. Did you hear what his comment was about playing for the Rams? 
I heard it. No. I, this is not an exact quote, but it was along the lines. I heard it from Johnny. He said that he's so happy or, or the feeling he gets of actually being able to play football gets him so excited. Something along that line, like, which that's that hurts. It, it hurts, but you can't really blame him. Like he, He's now on this team where everything was in place where all he had to do was just play his game and he just looks like literally a top three quarterback at worst in the league right now. At worst, like his he's not doing anything wrong in the field. It's incredible. It just sucks that that shit was wasted so long in Detroit. He was number three in passer rating before coming into this game. I don't think that's going to be going down whatsoever. No, no, twenty-seven no, no. for thirty-eight, three hundred forty-three yards, four touchdowns. Uh, let's go back to Tampa Bay though. This is a Tampa Bay show. Let's talk about him a little bit. Um, their leading rusher, best running back on the team, at least in this game. Tom Brady, Dude, the forty-four-year-old. The run game is so bad. Just ima- imagine, like, I don't know. I we 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 talked about going into the draft on WNP. You know, there was brief mention that like maybe they they should go uh, whatever running backs available. Maybe Javante Williams available. Maybe go Javante Williams. But we never really got like too heavy into that conversation. We really should have because like. They they took what's nuts there that uh, um, Joe Tryon yeah and he's has, has he done anything like, I know they they brought him along as a long as a long term piece which you should in the first round but like, at the end of the day when you're a Super Bowl contender you want to keep contending and bring guys in to help you out right away too right he's he's gotten some uh, pressures I don't know if he's gotten a sack yet I think he has gotten one sack um, but let me just pull up his numbers real quick because okay. he's right here in front of me. As you do that, I'm going to just talk yeah. about this point real quick. Javante Williams has looked fantastic. He's looked really, really, really good. Um, like if that was on the Bucks right now, like he would he would be the sole running back. They wouldn't put Fournette on the field. They wouldn't put Ron Jones on the field. They might not put Joe Bernard on the, on the field. Like he would just be dominating, and the Bucks would I think literally be unstoppable. Also, I feel like. Michael Carter could even be pretty good for them. He's shown a little bit of flashes on the Jets here and there, but we know Tom Brady likes the Gio Bernards, the James White type. Michael Carter could be that. So I think even if they invested there, um, there were options out there. Uh, They decided to go against it. But Joe Tryon's numbers on the season here for you, um, six total tackles, zero sacks. Yeah, it's early in the season, early in his young career. Like he's not expected to go out and dominate by any means. Like, like they kind of drafted him knowing this was going to be the case. But why wouldn't you want to? Like, you got this 44, 45 year old quarterback. You know his time is limited, regardless of how much he wants to play, how much he probably can play. He's not going to play till he's fifty. Like his, his wife's, like I don't think his wife's going to let him. To be honest, right? Like at some point she's going to she's going to want Tom <laughs> in her life again. So like. Just take advantage of the time that you have and invest everything into just winning as much as possible. I also feel like the reason we didn't talk too much about it when we were doing our draft preview and everything is Ronald Jones looked pretty good in the regular season, and then Leonard Fournette was an absolute beast in the playoffs, especially in that Super Bowl. So it wasn't really that big of a concern, but we knew looking at the names on paper that, okay, this isn't a top 20 rushing unit. Uh, we're seeing now that the success they found last year, whether that be in the playoffs or the regular season, has not been duplicated whatsoever. I, I feel like Gio Bernard has by far been their best running back, and he's not really getting many touches when it comes to the actual run game. The main area he's uh, competing in, being the best he can be at, is the receiving game, which is great, 
but you do need that running game too. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't log a carry this this game, but he had nine receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown there at the end, which he got hurt on. I don't know what the news is. Hopefully he's okay. But, like, yeah, I, really it's the only hole in this team. And coming into the season, we knew it was going to be the only thing that could even have a chance of being a hole. Like, everything else was brought back and looking fantastic. And it really is faltering. So I don't know. There's not really much you can do at this point. Like, the names that are out there as free agents aren't going to be better than Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette or Gio Bernard. You're not really going to, you don't trade for running backs in the season because running backs are really not worth trading for at the end of the day. So you just kind of got to figure out a way to just trust one guy. I, th- I think you really just have to trust one guy and try to let him get into a rhythm. Try to let Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones get into a rhythm because, like, if they gain, can get into a rhythm, you know, if they could, if they put up a respectable four to four and a half yards per carry and give him 12 carries a game, just one running back, that's enough for Tom Brady to not have to sling the ball 55 times and you stay competitive in games. Yeah, I think the defense needs to be a little bit better, too. Uh, right now, through three games, giving up 88 points. Uh, that's a bit. Uh, the defense was very stout last year. I think they'll get it back. I, I don't really have too much of a worry. Um, like, the Washington football team right now, they are really stinking up the joint with their defense. I thought it was going to be a great defense, top three defense. It has been the complete opposite. I am a little worried on that front. When it comes to the Buccaneers' defense... I'm still confident they're gonna they're gonna be able to play ball. I think they're still gonna be good. But tonight they were matched up against a very good Matt Stafford in that Rams defense, the best in the league, at least yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it's been a tough schedule too for the Bucks. I think it's been like some cupcake to start the year. They did play the Falcons. Yeah. But which they won actually pretty convincingly, but still giving up twenty five points against a Falcons team that really has struggled on the offensive side of the ball this year. Is a little tough. Yeah, but but still the Cowboys and the Rams now. Like they're they're not they're not easy wins, but regardless Still a lot of optimism. I don't know if anybody saw the look on Tom Brady's face at the end of the game. He was sitting there on the bench, and you could just see it in his brain. He was thinking, all right, this is never fucking happening again. Like, they they might win every game the rest of the year. I I, I don't think he's going to let them lose another. He might They might lose one or two more games, Max. They're, they're not. I, I don't think they lose more than three games this year. Very similar look to when the Cowboys scored the uh, game leading at the time field goal, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna go down and win this game yeah. easily. Yeah, like he's like, no, like this, this is bullshit. This is my time, not yours. Right. Well, next Sunday night, the 8 p.m. game, the night game, they're in New England. That's a matchup we've been waiting for forever. You got Tom Brady coming home to the Patriots, gonna be going up against Billy B, and uh, we'll see how that pans out. I think it it should be an easy uh, Bucks win, especially because uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots haven't looked as good as I thought they were going to after those couple preseason games. Yeah, none of the rookie quarterbacks have played very well this year. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the the Pats were the team that you really thought were going to have the most success with their rookie quarterbacks. Like, that was going to start right away because they just had the better pieces around, but still kind of struggling. Trevor Lawrence looked like shit today. Zach Wilson is just looking rattled. He's really good in the second. Not, not really good. He's average <laughs> in the second half. Yeah. It's just the first half that really kills Atrocious. Him. Atrocious. <laughs> the first half of games, he is just the worst quarterback in the league. And Justin Fields, this, like this week, I'm, I'll give him a little bit of slack because like, he also didn't really have much time to do anything. Like, they, like, he was just getting hit left, right, center. Uh, the only other like rookie quarterback, we're not going to count Davis Mills. We'll even talk about him. Like he, 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 he looked he looked fine. His neck is, is 15 feet long. Yeah, it's very. Um, but like like Trey Lance is the only one we're still waiting on to really kind of get make an impression on the game. We'll see if that happens at some point this year. I'm sure it will. Um, but like for now, yeah, the rookie quarterback class is definitely underwhelming. And uh, part of the Justin Fields case, Matt Nagy. Oh, so fire him. 
terrible, dude. I don't know what's happening over there. Yeah, talking about some shit coaches today on this show with with Daryl Sutter, Matt Nagy, just just two guys that need to be fired right now. We were talking about Dan Campbell. Elite coaches. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's going to do it for a little bit of football talk there. Again, season three of the Bolts broadcast coming next Monday. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be very exciting. A lot of hockey talk. Once we get into season three, we're actually going to be able to talk about a bunch of hockey news, about the hockey games, and all that good stuff. But before we end the show off, we got to go into hockey name of the day, of course. And there is... Some V's in this one. There are some V's in this one. And some umlauts. Is that what they're called? I don't know what they are in this language. Oh, okay. Well, we got Vili uh, Vepsilinen. Vili Vepsilinen. What a stud. What a fun name, right? I like it. Yeah, Vili Vepsilinen. He's playing in the second level French league right now. He's a Finn. Case couldn't figure that out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the dots above the A's are called in the Finnish language. Germans, they are umlauts. I don't know if it's the same thing or not. But... Philly's a 28-year-old right winger, 5'9", 176, as I mentioned, playing in the second French League for Cholet. Um, you know, solid guy. He's close to a point per game in, in that league every year. Uh, nothing too crazy. No, no one we're going to really see do any damage in the international game. But, yeah, he, he's you know he's still a solid pro occupier, especially for the level he plays. Shout out, is it Christian Veselainen? Yes. Shout out him because he's the only reason that I knew actually how to pronounce this guy's name. Great. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. Chase, if you could lead him out. With an outro. All right. Uh, before I do my outro, I just want to. Oh. It, it's oh. no. It's 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 oh. it's somber news. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So just it's it just before I, I want to go outro. I just um, you know we, we we talked a lot about football today, and I'm a big fancy football fan. Mike's a big fancy football fan. I listen to, you know, I listen to two podcasts daily. It's the fancy footballers and the fancy pros. Well, the fancy pros over this weekend they lost the face of their uh, website. Really, Mike Taglier. He, he passed away from a battle of COVID. Only 39 years old. You know, a young family, 18-year-old daughter, 4-year-old son, uh, and a wife that are left behind. So just, you know, want, wanted to, to just kind of send my thoughts and prayers to him and his family, uh, thinking about them. It, it's going to gonna be tough listening to that show without him going forward because he was such a big part. He's someone that really got me into Fantasy Pros, and, you know, he's he really helped me. Last year in Fantasy, he had, some pretty, had a pretty successful season. You know, trusted his rankings a lot. So it's going to be tough without him out there. Uh, he's gotten a lot of love over social media, so just want to send out some final words to him. But with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us out on Patreon, support us over there. We'd appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. All right, if I'll do WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod, that's WMP Sports Pod. That way you can get all the content that you need. Go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts network there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, if you could check out the blogs too. We got some fun stuff to read. We'd really appreciate it. Wherever listening, if you can rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. We'd appreciate it. Whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.